Jesus is so insistent about marriage because God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. That's the definition of faithfulness. I make a promise to you. I say I'm going to do something. I'm doing this because I love you, and I'm going to keep that promise. And marriage is this kind of primordial sacrament of the Holy Trinity, that even in the garden there's some kind of beautiful reflection and radiance of God from the two becoming one. And their faithful love, the love of man and woman who keep their promises. And so when they ask about, you know, why did Moses allow divorce to happen, Jesus brings it back to the beginning, the original faithfulness of that original covenant. In the beginning, it was not like that. In the beginning, there was faithfulness. There was fidelity. In the beginning, they kept their promises. So God keeps his promises, and in his covenant with us in Jesus Christ, in the the wedding between God and humanity, in the cross and resurrection, God keeps his promise. And he promises even to not cast us off, even when we've sinned against him, even when we've offended him. He will have mercy upon us again and again, day after day, as we turn to him, our faithful covenant partner. So married couples are meant to manifest the faithfulness of God in their own marital faithfulness. There's also another kind of faithfulness that some are called to, which is faithfulness to God and the promise of the new life, the new heavens and the new earth. The scripture passage ends with Jesus talking about those who are eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, those who choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. He talks about it being a gift. And this has always been interpreted by the church as one of the foundations of consecrated life. Men and women who choose to forego marriage and through the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, they have this deep union with Christ. And their lives on earth are a kind of visible promise of God's faithfulness to bring us into this resurrected life in the kingdom of heaven. Now, is every Christian called to the fullness of charity? I hope you say yes. Is every Christian called to have a heart full of love and service, no matter what their vocation? Yes, absolutely. All Christians are called to charity. All Christians are called to contemplation. All Christians are called to become saints. That calling is the same. But God will call some to forego a more earthly kind of life, including marriage, so that they can have their lives witness to how Jesus lived in a very intense way. So think about it this way. Two saints, St. Gianna Mola, St. Francis of Assisi. St. Gianna Mola had incredible love. She was an Italian woman, a doctor, a pediatrician. She lived the vocation of marriage. She made great sacrifices, even sacrifices that would entail her own eventual health being compromised, and she would end up dying from uh, a disease for the sake of giving life to her unborn child, who would then be born. She made this sacrifice of intense love. It's beautiful. It's Christ. It's a witness to how God loves us. She lived that in a married state. St. Francis of Assisi, 
was a consecrated man. He was the starter of the Franciscan order. He was a part of religious life, poor friar. He took the vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. He lived a life of incredible, deep love, sacrificial love. And as he walked around Italy, often barefoot preaching, he manifested Christ. Both of them had love, both of them had charity. But at the outset, when someone met Giannamola and someone met Francis, Francis probably resembled Jesus more immediately because of those vows. He owned nothing. Jesus owned nothing. He was unmarried. He was celibate. Jesus was celibate. And he was radically obedient to whatever God wanted in that moment. He didn't have a spouse to consult. He didn't have kids to worry about. It was just immediately, what is the Lord asking of me? And in that way, those who are living the consecrated vows of religious life, in a certain way, point to the life of Jesus in a different way. It's not opposed to other vocations. It's not opposed to other Christian forms of life. But there is this special gift that's always been in the church from the beginning. And we need this in our church. This weekend for St. Rose's Feast Day, I'm going to be preaching about consecrated life and these vows and how we need to encourage and promote others, especially our young people, to consider this kind of life, which is so beautiful, so holy, and it's a gift. It's not granted to all, Jesus says, but to those for whom it is granted, they should accept it. Let's pray today that in every vocation, the faithful may be holy and full of love. And let's pray today that God would raise up many, many consecrated men and women from our parish too.